Hey, this is Sam Duke. And this is Tell McHale. And I'm Joe Duke. We are here to check on you. You good, bruh? This is a safe space for men to express their emotions. We are here to bring a new and different definition of manhood, one topic at a time. We want to help create a new generation of men that are emotionally aware in order to improve these relationships. I know I'm trying to get good. I know I'm trying to get good. What about you? You You good, bruh? Hey, yo, it's your boy Sam Dupe, and I am here with my boy Mikkel. What's going on? Yes, sir. It's another one. This is a, we, I'm going to go ahead and say Happy New Year because you won't hear this until the new year. Um, so you guys have a Happy New Year. We have a an amazing young woman with us today. She goes by the name of Amisha. Say hello, hello to hello to you, good bro, Amisha. Hello, hello. I'm glad to be here. Yes, we're glad to have you. We're, ha- we're glad to have you. Uh, so I guess we can just kind of jump into it. Uh, the gist of what we wanted to do with this is kind of a, a a man's guide to being a dad in terms of support of your children or child's mother to kind of understand from their perspective of what they need to see from us uh, and see if we can all get an agreement on that, at least just a kind of a blueprint on your experience, what was what was not in a, a prosecutorial way, but what was missed uh, from your perspective, uh, raising your son, who, by the way, is a scholar, a, a tremendous scholar, uh, probably one of the smartest kids I know, including my nephew. They, they probably neck and neck. I don't know. Um, but uh, this is a young man that I don't know how many millions of scholarship dollars he got. <laughs> He had to start turning scholarship dollars down right. because my really? house would only accept so much. They would only accept up to the limit where he was getting a small refund. Um, and then after that, he was still getting $25,000 scholarships here, $30,000 scholarships there coming in. Right. So um, he's he's very, very fortunate. But I have to say that was very intentional. We can talk about that. Right. Okay. And that wasn't by happenstance that he got the correct. scholarships. There was a plan. Well, oh. this is that's why we, I, I kind of, that's why I, I know the story. And I, that was one of the reasons why I kind of wanted you to be a part of, of what we were doing here, because in spite of some of the challenges, the product, the net result of your efforts produced this young man. And, and I mean, in every sense of the word, he's, he's everything I know about him makes him a man His his manners, the way he thinks, uh, based on a lot of the principles that Sam and I, uh, share in, in, in terms of even fraternally, just, yeah, yeah. you know, just, just keeping it real. And I'm impressed by him. And I thought thoroughly impressed thoroughly by the way, because I mean, <laughs> when I tell you, Mikhail came up here, we were actually recording a podcast, and he would not shut up about. <laughs> your, that means a lot. He would not be quiet about your child. That means and, a lot. And I was like, oh yeah, you got to get her up here. You got to get her up so, here. So yeah. So in that in that regard, I mean, can you? Let's just start from the beginning. You peed and found out you were pregnant. Oh man, Let's go. That, that's what happened. Well, actually, I was winded going up the stairs. Okay, okay. and right. was wondering why I was not losing weight because I was working out hard, getting ready to go on a cruise for my senior year of of college, and I was working out and working out and not losing weight, and I was winded every time I took a step anywhere, and I was like, let me take a pregnancy test, and ta-da! Pow. Like, Bam. I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Whoop. So that's what happened. There I was a is. senior at Emory University and um, found myself um, in the family way. <laughs> 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 found myself in the family way. And, um, and the rest is history. But um, I'll say that it didn't start out um, peaceful and calm and serene and lovely. Um, it was it was kind of challenging from the onset. I've some some background is that I've known my son's father since we were in the eighth grade, um, and he pursued me diligently from the time we were in eighth grade all the way on. Um, so we knew each other for a very long time. Um, but I would say that we were both very young when we had KJ, and not to knock men or anything, but they say men emotionally 
are a little bit less mature than women, oftentimes just in terms of maturity level. Man. If a woman is 25 then a, and a guy's 25, the guy's not quite 25. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Real, real quick. They real said quick. seven years, right? Real, That's what they say. Real quick, I heard something this week, actually, yeah. about that. Uh-huh. And they were saying that men don't mature slower. It's just that we don't get, like, women are given those responsibilities up mm. front. People were raising women differently and saying That's true. there are consequences to the things that you, you know, have going on. And men are kind of, I mean, little young boys are given a pass, so to speak. Yeah. And so, you know, well into adulthood, they don't realize, you know, hey, my consequences have actions and the way I move, you know, I have to move differently, that sort of thing. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting you said that. Yeah, I mean, by, if you think about that, I mean, and not to harp on that point, women biologically... Uh, take on more responsibility for puberty, for example, mm. the breast growth, menstrual mm-hmm. cycle. All we really did, we all we had to do was put on deodorant. That was, we had that change and over. Deal with well, we hair. well, I mean, it's Is not it? even deal with the hair. You always got a haircut. True. So we didn't have to deal with anything biological that we had to make sure we were on schedule for any. Like we literally That's got true. to play until. We yeah, play well, well, until, yeah. y'all didn't even care if you were well, funky or not. The only reason why y'all started caring if you were funky or not is when you got interested in girls. Girls, Correct. yeah. yeah Before sorry. that, like my son used to be ashy and uh, smelling let's not like embarrass I don't know it. what. Let's not, let's not embarrass oh, the boy. <laughs> he is at a prestigious university. This could be her. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So, so you, you're, you know, the, the father of your child, yes. you know, wasn't necessarily as mature as. Yeah. So it, it was, it was rough. Um, we, we. We're dating. We broke up while I was pregnant. We got back together right after I had KJ. And that was very short lived because honestly, I felt like his heart wasn't in it. And I wasn't one of those people that wanted to stay together just for the kid. Um, I didn't I I lived in an environment where my parents stayed together. So they said for the sake of the kids. And I think it probably would have been healthier if my parents didn't stay together for the sake of the kids. Um, Healthier for for, for, everybody. For, for everybody, for everyone, for everyone. Um, and I think a lot of people do that. I'm not knocking anybody that stays together for the kids, but for me, um, I knew that that was not going to be my path. I, I wanted love and I wanted a, a certain type of energy between me and my partner that I knew that wasn't happening, or at least it wasn't going to happen then. Um, and then I dealt with some challenges from my family too. I think my parents were able to see that my son's father was a little bit less mature and especially my dad, because my dad had been a young man who had children young and had been immature too. So I think that they saw some things early on that I didn't necessarily see. And because of that, my mom in particular was just like, no, you just need to raise KJ on your own and you'll be fine. You don't need a man. I come from a long line of strong West Indian women who you don't need a man. You don't need a man. West Indian, which which island? Um, My mother is from Antigua. My father is from Trinidad. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, Opinion so there was a lot of that. And so for me at a very young age, and I don't know where some of my insights or some of my, my feelings about motherhood and parenting came from, but I just say a lot of prayer and strength and maybe intuition, but I decided early on that I would never be the person to tell my son's father he couldn't have a relationship with him. That wasn't my role. Whatever relationship they had um, was between them. As as much of a relationship or as little of, the, of a relationship, that had nothing to do with me. And I think that that's, that's the foundation, I think, for building a relationship with him where him and his dad are still close and have a great relationship was me not inserting myself into it and being a barrier in any way. Um, even though it was rough, we had some knockdown, drag out, arguments and early on there was a a girlfriend involved very early on that he later shared with me that um she wasn't she was uncomfortable with him having a a very young baby and a a baby's mother (laughs) won't call myself a baby mama um and he sometimes went out of his way to make it seem like we were at odds to make her feel more comfortable which was a wedge in our relationship but he he later you know shared that that was an issue but you know, through it all, I think that for for me, the foundation was for one is just making sure that I never inserted myself into his dad's relationship with with him. That's not my place at all. 
unless there's some horrific thing happening, it's not my place. If if the only thing his dad ever wanted to do was bring him a piece of stick of gum every 60 days, that's the stick of gum that my son would cherish and love. And he did way more than that. But I'm just saying, um, I think it's important that, that um, fathers be allowed that time with their kids and the opportunity, and they don't have a barrier to face um, with spending time with their kids. So that was one thing that was a challenge early on because my family didn't agree. So did you get help from your family since they were a little... Um, Yeah, I mean, when I first had KJ, I was straight out of college. Um, So I lived at home um, at first until I got a, you know, decent job and and got on my feet post-graduation. But my family was always very supportive and, um, you know, very helpful when it came to KJ. And I was a nonprofit fundraiser, so my days were long like it was meetings and it was grants and it was you know that was before you had laptops at home jobs and just give you laptops I'm sharing my age right now but you know you had if you if I had a grant due at midnight and I wasn't done I had to go back to the office and I would take KJ up there with me and my or my parents would watch KJ for me and I'd get my stuff done so they were always very helpful so I mean you never call on his dad to do help with that at all or I did okay I did. What was that like? What was the, you know? Um, not always the response that I wanted. Um, and I, I I, don't know what it is. I, I don't know. And to this day, I still don't quite know. I think that one of the, you know, one of the things that I, I have to recognize about myself is that I am strong and I do handle stuff and I get stuff done. And I think that's just the expectation. So I think that in his mind, a part of, him having me take on so much responsibility with KJ is that he knew it would get done. He never worried about his son. Like he knew his son was going to be well-educated, well-supported, well-cultured, whatever, um, with me as his mom. And I think that that was part of it. But I don't think that he recognized um, how much emotional support I could have used from him. Um, and I think that he's seeing it now. He's, he's older now and he has a girlfriend now and they're planning for a family. And I was like, you know, plan, plan, you planning. Like, you planning. I say this all the time when I, when I talk to some of my friends who are single parents, I always say this, don't let them off the hook. Like yeah. don't let them off the hook. That's, that is, that is like the, the thing I've always yeah. told my, my single mom friends is don't let yeah. that man off the hook. Even when the co-parenting relationship is, you know, it's drawn up, it's legal. It's, yeah. Hey, you know, you get them on every other weekend, whatever yeah. the case may be. I say, look, I mean, every other weekend is cool, but, you know, he can go pick them up from school a day or two in, during the week. You know, don't let him off the hook. And so do you feel like in a sense you, you let you let you let the father of your child off the hook a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I told you, too, I was always facing the challenge of the mindset of the people around me. You don't need a man. Like you're fine. You're you do better than some uh, married couples for yourself, Amisha. You're good. Um, so I was always facing that too. So I would you know go to him sometimes and say, "Can you do this or can you do that or can you help me with this?" Especially when our son was in middle school, because I did not know what my son was going through when he was in middle school. I did not identify. Yeah. Mikael used to get those calls. Yeah. I was like, Mikael, you're a therapist. Help. Like, I don't understand. Like, Mikhail still gets those calls. Yeah, like, I, I was at a complete loss, and I finally realized, like, there's nothing wrong with my son. He's probably being a normal, hormonal, Correct. moody, Correct. middle school kid trying to eat find your, himself. Yeah, yeah. Eat, all, eat all your food, sleep all day. Yeah. yeah. Attitude. And, but I didn't get it, so I, I asked his dad, like, can you pick him up on your day off? Because that was another thing, too. His dad, when we initially were dating and had KJ, he was in construction. And he would go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning, and by 3 o'clock he was home. And then um, after the market crashed, they, nobody was building anything. So he went into hospitality and he started at the ground level. Like he started as a bar back. Is that what it's called? A bar it back. Is, yeah. And then he became a bartender and then he, um, you know, worked his way up and now he's, um, a chief operating officer for, uh, or chief something, um, at, um, top golf. Um, so he's worked his way up, but when his schedule changed because it's hospitality now evenings and weekends gone. You know, he's in hospitality. So that was a part of the challenge, too. But but I think I can own the fact that I was also 
not willing to get into an emotional tift with him over asking him to do things that he would initially say, no, I'm not doing that. So well, I let him off the hook. Yeah, well, that, that, the next question is, did you guys have any legal arrangements? No. As far as, and what was, and that was based off of the, the support people telling you that you don't need a man or. Well, I actually had filed for child support at one point. We had an initial agreement and then one time we had an argument and he stopped pay, paying. And so I went and filed child support and then he sobered up quickly and was like, whoa, I just got served. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> can we go back to our arrangement? And me, you know, I just didn't know any better. Like looking back on it, like I, I, I didn't even know how much money he made. I didn't find out until years later how much money he even made. I could have been getting really, really great child support back mm. in the day. And I had no idea. So I think a lot of it was just, I was young. I was 22 when I had KJ. I didn't know. Just okay. a lot of things I just didn't know. So here comes the hard part. Yes. Looking back, the missteps, uh, I'm not going to call them mistakes. I just call them missteps because you mm -hmm. can learn from those. What is it that you felt that you needed um, from him that you did not receive? And again, this is not a prosecution of him. Yeah. His son turned out great. He's in his life. But just from a, a mother, if you were just a, like a vanilla folder with a mother's name on it and it had a list of things that she needs from the father of her children or child, mm -hmm. what are some of those things? And, and, and try to be as gross detail as possible, because as men, if you tell us emotional support, we immediately go to is we crying <laughs> or we, you know, what you need a hug. What you, okay. what you, what you need. Well, I'll start with that. I'll start with the emotional support piece. Okay. Um, and I can give an example. When KJ was 11 weeks old, he got a really, really high fever and um, was almost lifeless, like wouldn't eat. And this is a child mm. who ate incessantly. Like he was, he had a great appetite. And I ended up taking him to urgent care. And when I got to urgent care, they ran all these tests. They did blood work on him. He ended up having to have a catheter because they couldn't get a urine sample. Then they said they were going to do a spinal tap because they thought it might be meningitis. And that yeah. was the point where all the strong, Amisha, you're resilient, you don't need a man, everything went away. out the window. Yeah, yeah I was, I was, I called his dad and I remember um, I tried to be, you know, calm on the phone. So I called his dad and I was like, hey, I'm at um, Eggleston's ur urgent care. And they're there in the kitchen. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> and he left me. And I just completely fell apart. And I remember crying. And, you know, I'm sitting up there on there on the phone there. And I remember he, he just paused for a second. And I was like, can you get here? And he was like, no. And I said, why not? He was like, what am I going to do that doctors and the doctors and nurses can't do? So when I say emotional support, that's what I mean. Like, that's mm. what I mean. I mean, understanding Ugh. that, yes, you may not have a medical degree and you may not be a nurse and you may not um, be a pediatrician. However, you can be there to lend support when your child's health is in a place of crisis dire. Yeah. and yeah this dire and Ooh. and i think that a part of that and when we start talking about men's mental health and i it it's a topic that's important to me because i see a lot of the men in my family who have struggled with depression and anxiety and different things and they don't get treatment for it but he has a background that his parents were you know both of his parents had substance abuse issues mm -hmm. and i think that he had a view on marriage and relationships and parenting that was completely um, um, impacted by his experience. So Absolutely. he saw his dad, you know, doing so much in the household and holding it down, even though both of them were, you know, had substance abuse issues. And for him, he just kind of pulled back because he literally told me, he was like, even if we were married, I wouldn't be up there with you at the hospital. And, and I realized that was a that was pain speaking. That wasn't, I don't love my son. That wasn't, I don't care about the fact that you're sad. I I heard pain in that, you know, and, mm. and, and I had to realize that even though he was a, a man and we had a kid together, there was a part of him that was still a broken boy. Goodness gracious. 
Um, yeah, y'all didn't expect all that. Though. I mean, because <laughs> it's real. I mean, good for you. Yeah. Good for you <laughs> that that's what you got. Oh, yeah. I cried and I was angry. Yeah, I mean, it's it, but yeah. it's just I just listening to you. I I'm I'm I've cringed maybe two or three times. Yeah. You did. listening to that is just like wow. How how do you even move forward? Like from there, you know, from that point, it's like okay, well, then there's still life to live. There's right. still you know how kid, do you, how kid do you, to raise. How do you even calculate? him being anywhere near your child at that point you know what i mean like exactly it was it was hard like when i tell you this parenting journey as a single parent and and let me just say like the fact that my son is in college now i literally had to step back and i look around and i'm like i raised a whole entire human being and i don't want to say completely by myself because i have a village i do have a great village of people including his dad but in terms of 90 percent of the energy and effort and sacrifice to to see my son get to where he is now, I recognize a lot of that fell on me. And I still look and I still can't believe I, I did it. Like I still am in awe of the young man that my son is. I, I'm still in awe of it. So I just say it was prayer, hard work, resilience, tenacity, and a lot of intentionality around what I knew my son was capable of and holding him to a standard regardless of what was going on around him, period. What what could he have done? So let's back up and look okay. at ideal situations. Yes. Right, you found out you were pregnant. What would have what could have ideally happened with that situation? Other than what happened? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Honestly, no, honestly, I mean I look at like I look I look at who you know, I look at the my growth and I look at my son's father's growth over the years and mm-hmm. I don't know what else could have possibly happened other than what happened with us. Like, I honestly don't. I, I mean, in a perfect world, we would have been a young couple, me and him against the world with this precious baby. And then we would have added a little girl to the mix and she would have been so cute. Oh, I love little girls. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, that wasn't our, our journey. It just wasn't. And I had to accept that and own that early on. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Um, and like I said, we had very different philosophies on on parenting. Like when I think about another thing I needed, our son, um, his dad was an athlete growing up. Mm. Our son was not. Our son is brilliant. And even when our son played peewee football, um, our like, at five years old, KJ knew where everybody should be on the field at what point and at what time and could do the plays like this in his head, but his body couldn't do it. And that wasn't acceptable for his dad. Mm. And so that was another point of contention for us is, is okay, your son is a scholar. Your son is brilliant. He's not necessarily a gifted athlete. How do we nurture the scholar and not break him down for not being an athlete? Um, and that was something that we kind of you know, butted heads on too. But I will say that, you know, when KJ wanted to play rec league basketball, um, his dad coached the team and I was the team mom. When he played football, his dad coached, I was the team mom. And we came together around that. And I recognized that that was a place where his dad felt very comfortable. Mm. And that was a point, a place where he could connect with his son. And even though it was hard for me, um, you know, just getting around and picking him up and this and that, I wasn't going to take away from that opportunity. They had to bond on, on that level. Right. But, but I didn't necessarily feel the same support when it came to academics with KJ. So that, that would be something else that I would want. Well, well, get a little deeper about that. What do you mean by academics and you not getting support there? I don't know any, I, I guess from, and you have to forgive me some from, I think for Sam and I don't, I don't want to really speak for Sam, but as fathers, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to process Number one, it was hard for me to process the eleven-month-old when he was eleven, 11 weeks. Eleven mm-hmm. weeks old. Yes. Good God, it, even more so. It's hard yeah. for me to process what ended up happening. So, what what do you mean by not supporting him in education? Like, you mean calling him a nerd, or, or what are you saying? Like, yeah, he would call me a nerd. He was like, you know, your mom lame. Your mom was lame in high school. Your mom's lame. Like, <laughs> you know, so wow. he would okay. say that, and and. 
KJ has always been very smart and was identified for the gifted program very early on. He was in private school and then and like blowing tests out the water in first grade. He was reading on seventh grade level, like always been advanced. Mm. And I just remember in middle school in particular when KJ was kind of, you know, having his middle school um, normal smelling themselves. Yeah. I remember he told me one time he was like, my dad said, if I came and lived with him, I wouldn't have to be gifted. You're forcing me to be gifted. And I was like, how do you force someone to be brilliant? Like you are brilliant. I, I can't, KJ is And why the would you kid. want to be anything other yeah. than anything less than that? KJ is the kid who I would go to parent-teacher conferences. I'll never forget, I went to a parent-teacher conference when he was in, I think he was eight years old. And his math grade had been blank on his report card. So when they called me in for a meeting, I thought it was because he had a bad grade in math because mm. KJ had been telling me he didn't really like math. So I get into the meeting and KJ goes, well, I'll just tell you what's going on, mom. And I said, okay, what's going on? In front of his teacher and the paraprofessional, he goes, they don't know how to teach kids in a way that they learn. And I said, tell me about that. He said, well, every kid doesn't learn the same way. When they explain how to do things, people don't understand it. But when I explain it to my friends, they get it because my friends learned in different ways. And I'm just and, and the teachers were livid like the teacher. One of the teachers, she was like, I've been a gifted teacher, gifted indoors for over 20 years. And mm. I know how to differentiate instruction and this and this and that. And I'm looking at my eight year old and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and he was like, no, you don't. And so that's always been my kid, though. Like, that's always been his personality. So mm. he's extremely smart and not just not just book smart, but smart on an emotional level. He connects with people and understands how their minds work and how they think and how they feel and how they process. And that's always been KJ. So was his father in any of these hmm? conferences? These no. He... Nope. So I guess that's what she means with the, the support. On that's the what I'm getting at. I'm, wanna, I'm yeah. saying like... But I'm... I think that if he had been, though... I think that he would understand the level at which his son is like his mind works and he right. would have been more supportive now. Oh, this <laughs> KJ told me that his dad came to pick him up from campus recently and he literally stood up out of his sunroof and was like, my son's a Morehouse man. Y'all see. Yeah. So he's very proud. He's very proud. now, <laughs> And uh, rightfully uh, so. I mean, I guess. You know, I mean, he uh, should be proud. He should be proud. You should be proud. Yeah. You know, he should be proud. Yeah. He, he played a part. Yeah. And how does that make you feel, though? Like, because I ain't gonna lie. I, I mean, because I'm gonna be a hundred. I mean, you know, I, I I don't like the sugarcoat shit. So at the end of the day, you know, I was raised by a single mother. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that my mother would be probably close to like livid with my father taking any kind of pride in I'm get I yeah. get it like it's your child you know yeah, you can yeah, yeah. you can take but it's like how dare you sometimes like it's like yeah. it's you didn't do you didn't even support this side yeah you know I'm not you know I, I don't necessarily know the full dynamics but from the education standpoint yeah you know where he's at clearly you know you you've you've helped guide him to get to that point and so you know, that's what my mom would be like. How, like, how dare you? You know, and I've had those moments. I'm not going to lie. And, and it starts to it. It's just like he sees his dad all the time now. But his dad lives nine minutes from campus. He lives in the city, um, right. which was another thing that he said. I live too far because I live in Gwinnett and he always lived in the city. And I live too far for him to see his son on a regular basis. Um, but that's what he said. Um, so at some level, I feel like a little bit resentful but at the same time KJ's happy and he enjoys spending the time with his dad regardless um but it does make me feel kind of resentful it's like I put in so much sacrifice and so much work and now you're you know screaming out of your sunroof how awesome your son is which I've been screaming for years yeah how awesome even, and how even there. he is yeah how has it impacted you um being that it seems like KJ was in your care for the most part i'm not gonna say 24 7 but 22 5 yeah uh how did that impact you as a functional woman like your, your dating life your like you mentioned him having a girlfriend and how he had to create this environment between you two like yeah because some men don't don't want their children's mother dating nope <laughs> you know 
Because I don't want nobody around, around my, my kid. My yeah. kid. Even if, even, even like, not even me. But <laughs> right. Not nobody even else. Me. When KJ was much younger, there was a time that he acted out. Um, I actually took KJ to him to drop him off on like an, one evening because I was going out on a date and he said he would keep KJ. Mm. And I remember he called me like 18 times when I was, and I was right up the street just playing pool at some little bar. And he called me like 18 times and said he had a nightmare <laughs> about KJ and I had to come immediately cause something's wrong. It was this craziness, but it was, it, it was just acting up, but that really didn't happen often. I think that we just kind of lived our own separate lives. And I think I just kind of understood for me, my mindset was that whatever he does or doesn't do, this is my kid and I'm going to do for him. Like I'm always going to make sure that KJ is great. And I'm always going to make sure that, that KJ has every opportunity, every resource that he celebrated for his gifts and his talents and his strengths. Like that's my job. And whether or not I have a partner in that, that's still my job. And that was kind of always my, my mindset around it. Okay. Speaking, speaking to that, Mm -hmm. there's something that I hear people say a lot. And I've heard, I actually hear a lot of men say this. A woman can't raise a man. Mm-hmm. I want to know what your perspective is on that. Like, what do you think about that? <sighs> I I think that there are things that I can teach my son. Like, I, a couple years ago, my son asked me, he said, Mommy, are you raising me to be somebody's husband or somebody's wife? And I said, why? He said, I can cook. I can clean. You taught me how to um, do a um, tune up on a lawnmower. You taught me how to replace the headlights on your car. Um, I can do minor repairs around the house. Um, I know how to wash clothes, sort clothes. I've been doing that for years. I can sew. He said, I can't let a woman know that I can do all of this stuff because she's probably going to act like she's handicapped if I do. Yo, I need to meet this so, kid. You got to meet him. I, I need to meet this kid. Yeah, you got to meet him. No, because he what you're saying reminds me a lot of me. Yep. Like I, I I was that kid. Yep. Like in college, I'm sewing pants and I was like, "What the fuck is going on with this guy?" Like he he he, he patched this shit up. Yep. But, you know, I was yeah. raised by my mom. That's, you know. That's KJ. Yeah. So he I think there there's a lot that I've taught him. Um And I've been very, very transparent with him. Like KJ and I talk, like we have deep conversations about life and he can ask me anything and he knows he's going to get an honest answer. So I can do that. But in terms of him being a man and like a father and a husband, I can teach him how to treat a woman, but I can't teach him how to be a man. Um, And I own that. And, And what I've seen in him though, that I'm so proud of is that he has a few people that he really looks up to in his life. One of his best friends, Jason, he loves Jason's dad. And his dad's cousin, Sean, who's married to his his um, dad's cousin, he looks up to him a lot. And whenever I hear KJ talk about the kind of man and father he wants to be, he always references those two men. Um, and, and I ask him, like, he'll just randomly blurt things out. And one day he said... Mommy, you know what kind of husband I want to be? And dad, I said, what kind? He said, you know, like when you go to the New Year's Day sale at Dillard's and you buy all that stuff, he said, I want to be the husband and father that goes and gets the car and brings it up to the curb and loads up all my daughters and my wife's packages for them. And then we like go out to lunch and stuff. He was like, I want to be that dad. And (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) And he told me too, one day he said, mom, if I have daughters, it's going to be hard. And I said, why? He said, because I have to raise my daughters to be strong enough to function on their own. But at the same time, I have to be able to let them know that they can't depend on anybody for anything. Like he was like, I, I have to provide enough for them so that they're not looking to a man to provide anything for them, but not so much so that they can't fend for themselves. And he told me that like three years ago, he's, he was 14. So he's thinking about what kind of man and father he wants to be. And I recognize some of that might be from watching his dad. Some of it might be from watching other people. Some might be from seeing what I have to do as a mom on my own. Because I told KJ a long time ago, don't ever expect a woman to do everything that I do. This is not sustainable and it's not easy. 
don't look, don't ever look for a wife and think that she's going to do what mommy does. Cause this, this is hard and it hurts and it's painful sometimes. Don't. And I told him that years ago and he was like, okay, mommy. <laughs> I mean, cause that's, that's why I was trying to deep dive a little bit because yeah. I, I recognize that it's painful. It's not sustainable. Mm-mm. And I think, you know, for those of us that are with our, our spouses or our children's mother, we kind of, uh, it's not that we have it easier because we're available, but we don't see what's being missed. Yeah. Because when our partner misses it, we just pick it we up pick and it go. Up, yeah. But when you're the single mother or the single father, because we've interviewed uh, mm-hmm. men that have taken have custody of their, their son, mm-hmm. I mean the children, yeah. um, you don't have you don't have a, a, a someone to hand it off to. You you're yeah. the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, yeah. the tight end, yeah. and block. And if you miss yeah. something. It's clear, right? It's a, you know, it's a clear. It's, it's a it's a huge miss. Yeah, I've lost my job one time. I think KJ was four, and I lost my job, and his dad didn't find out for like eight or nine months when I'd gotten another job. Like I was right on the verge of getting another job, and he was like, "Wait, why didn't you tell me? You didn't extend yourself to me any other time and make it seem like you were gonna come in in the clutch and fix it." So I, I just did what I had to do. Right. And he was like, "But I didn't know, like, like." Do you need anything? No. <laughs> I made it happen. <laughs> you know? But did you need anything? You just... I, w- I was grocery shopping in my mother's pantry. I was getting Kroger bags out of her closet. And she was like, go through my cabinets and go through my refrigerator and get what you want. It got to that point. Yes. It had gotten mm. to that point where if I knew if I didn't get a job within a certain period of time, it was about to be a wrap. Like yeah. I was grocery shopping in my mom's pantry. I remember that vividly. Yes. In those in those moments, those those tough moments, mm-hmm. you know, and I know there I'm sure there was someone he that your child doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's a lot that he does remember and you kinda you guys kinda went through it together. What 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 did that do for y'all your relationship with him? Those tough times? Yes. Like how how you know, what what was your relationship like during those those tough times with your with your son? Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was hard. It was hard and it was it was hurtful. And but I think that this is one of the things that I've realized is that, you know, you push through and you just do what has to be done in the moment. And it's not until those quiet times, like when KJ went off to college, the whole entire journey of single parenthood hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I could not ever imagine it hitting me. That silence in my house that not having somebody that mommy can you pick me up mommy was for dinner mommy can you can my friends come over mommy can you host a study group mommy can i have six hundred dollars for this field trip for technology student association this that not happening in in the silence and the quiet is when it finally hit me and i kept saying i raised a whole entire man child like what in the world and it the, the gravity of that finally hit me. I think for so long, I just been pushed through, get it done, push through, get it done. Got to do it. Got to do it. Keep going, keep going, get it for KJ, get it for KJ. Um, but I think that, you know, looking back on it, it was, it could be very lonely. It could feel very isolating. Um, very scary. Like there's risks that I think I've wanted to take in my professional life that I didn't necessarily take because I didn't feel like I had, the support system in place. And it's one thing for me to struggle. It's another thing to put my son in a place where he's struggling because I'm taking risk and pursuing things that I want to pursue. I'm just taking that all in. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's 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 post-traumatic child rearing disorder. Yes, man. It's like, but that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, it it sounds so fucking traumatic. It is. It, It sounds like just trauma over trauma. And then it's just like, you, you 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 get something done and you got to deal with the next mm-hmm. thing or the next something and then you know you're doing it by yourself you're, you you said six hundred dollar field trip it's like okay oh God. i can only imagine that coming you know out of left field and i was working for myself for the path for the whole entire time kj was in high school i intentionally made the decision to work for myself because middle school was tough for us middle school was a a transition time that was really difficult for me and KJ because I didn't understand 
And what I recognize is that he needed a lot more of me. Like people think when your kids are little, you need to be on the PTA, you need to be the room mom and you need to go volunteer at the school all the time. No, it's middle and high school where they really, really need you. So I worked for myself and I hustled for those four years. And I told KJ before his um, freshman year of high school, I said, look, join every club, join every activity. I'll host the study groups. I'll pick you and your friends up. Whatever you need, I got you because we are going to set you up so that you don't have to pay anything for college. Like there's no reason why you should have to pay anything for college. You're too smart. You have too much going for you. And we are going to be intentional. We're building this resume and I am at your disposal. Like whatever you need. And he had me for four straight years. (laughs) What is like where the fuck is his dad <laughs> like he's there he what was, was he there. doing I'll, I'll say this there were a few points in kj's um high school career where it got heated between me and kj like he was a young man like you know every young man gets to that point I remember. as wonderful as my son is every young man and every kid really gets to that point where they think they can like take their parent out mm-hmm. and i remember <laughs> Can I say this on a podcast? You can. It's a podcast. So I remember, <laughs> I'm five foot three, by the way, <laughs> on a good day. And I remember one day, KJ's senior year, and he looked at me. We were fussing about his grades, and I was standing at the bottom of our stairs, and KJ's almost six feet now, and I'm fussing him, pointing my finger at him, and he got this look across his face. And I saw the look, because I remember my brother looking at my mom like that, and I remember she had to dive on him and beat him up. But he looked at me and he kind of grew a couple inches and looked at me like, and I saw the look on his face, like I could take you. And I ran up those first four stairs and I turned around and I dove off those stairs and I tackled him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm crazy. And he called, I remember he called the classic son smelling himself in the daddy. So I remember he, he called his dad and he was like, I'm going to come live with you. Mommy's crazy. I'm tired of this. She's trying to make me be a scholar. And, and I mean, I don't want to be an engineer and she can't make me and blah, blah, blah. And he was just like going off. And I remember, I didn't know what his dad was going to say. Cause I was like, okay, this could go one way or it could go another. KJ might be packing his bags and saying, I'm out. I'm moving to the city of Atlanta mm-hmm. with my dad. But his dad told him, he was like, look, you're at the finish line. You're almost there. Your mom has gotten you to this point. And you're going to finish out the school year at your mom's house. And that's what you're going to do. And I appreciated him saying that and reinforcing that because, I mean, KJ was the president of his technology student association at the time. He was um, in a leadership position with um, um, FBLA and he had him and his friends had starting an, had started an after school coding program teaching coding to elementary school students there was so much that if he had transferred to another school at that point in the game he would have lost all that mm-hmm. um so i'm his dad like you know i say we have our challenges and we we've, we've definitely had some differences of perspective when it comes to parenting but i do feel that he has leaned in and he has been the voice that I needed him to be when I really needed him to do that. Like he has stepped in, like there was a point um, when KJ was missing scholarship deadlines and he didn't do some papers that were required for him to graduate. And his dad rode with me to the school. Like KJ knew something was wrong because when I went to go pick KJ up from school, his dad was in the passenger seat and he was like, Oh crap. Like, and just that presence, just him being, his dad didn't have to say a word. I did all the talking, but his dad being present was enough for KJ to shape up and get his life together. The importance of being present. It's critical. Critical. So what what is what is that relationship like now? You between know, me and his dad? Between yeah, you and It's virtually actually non-existent now. Like we don't really talk much. <laughs> um um because he he can he has KJ lives right up the street from him on campus now and um, for the longest, they've kind of managed their own relationship more when KJ got a cell phone and things like that. Um, and it, I, I feel, though, like his dad is more settled now in his life professionally. 
in a relationship, a healthy relationship. I've never met his girlfriend, but I love her. And I told KJ to tell her that I love her because KJ is spending so much more time with his dad. And I know that she's a part of that. She's very family oriented. And like she calls KJ and says, hey, I got tickets for such and such a Hawks game and playing against the Pelicans. And I know you and your dad like the Pelicans. I bought tickets. Let's go. And I appreciate him having a great woman in his life like that. Um, and it, he just seems like he's more settled and happy in his life. And he's very, very involved with KJ now. Yo, where's the petty? I, I don't know that petty exists. On oh, the, I'm petty. The, no, I, well, let me say this. Petty the bell. Petty Pablo. That's <laughs> well, me. I'm just saying, like, it's, there's so many opportunities for pettiness, I and think, I don't see any of it. And that's oh, good. I've been petty. That's good. I mean, I, mean, I remember. I, well, I've been petty. I mean, in the heat of the moment, you could be petty. Oh, I was I petty think, in the heat of the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that one of the things that I would take away if if I'm a listener to this podcast, man or woman, is that everybody has the opportunity to be petty, but you, that's that's in it the heat of the moment. It doesn't serve your child, and that's what right. I had to realize. It it wouldn't serve my kid to be petty. It wouldn't serve my kid to, like, and the other like. One thing I realize, kids always blame themselves. If something goes wrong with their parents' it's their relation, fault. it's yeah. their fault. Yeah. If parents get divorced, That's kids true. blame themselves. So what what good would it do me to be petty and mean toward his dad? Like I knew what I could rely on his dad for. There's a certain amount of financial support that he gave toward KJ his, you know, whole life. Um, and I know that when things really got crazy, I could call him at one o'clock in the morning, like I just dove off the stairs on your son, like you need to you need to come get your son before I kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, and he would, he would come, you know, he would come. So there's things that I could rely on him for, but for me, the energy that it would take to be petty and ugly toward him is energy I could put into my son. And, and, and it paid off because KJ is pretty awesome. He definitely sounds like a tremendous young man. I think so. Um, What, what, are you, what, if you could talk to someone that's in a, in a similar situation that you were in, mm-hmm. you know, back when you were you were pregnant, yeah, what what advice would you give to them? Oh man, that's a great question. Oh, you know what? I have I I would have a lot of advice. Um, for one, I think that you know it's very important that you establish what kind of relationship you're going to have with the other parent. Um, it's not up to your family to dictate what that relationship looks like because at the end of the day, your child is going to look you in the face and ask you, why don't I know my dad? Or why don't I know my mom? Or why did you keep them from me? Or why didn't they love me enough if you keep them from the other parent? So I think that that's very important. And a lot of it is just understanding it's not about you. At some level it is. And self-care and self-preservation is important. There were There was a point when I did not talk to KJ's dad for a year because he was so disrespectful, but I told his dad before I stopped talking to him, you know, my mom's phone number, here's her cell number. You know where she lives, whatever you want to do with or for your child, you do it through her, but you're not going to make me tell you, you can't see your kid. You won't, you will never, you will never get me to that point where I tell you that. And there's nothing you can ever do to make me say that because I'm not going to be that woman. I'm not going to be that baby mama period. And, and he later thanked me for that because he realized he was being cruel. But um, it takes that level of sacrifice when you're raising a, a child together to help that child develop and, and be a whole child that has some type of connection to both parents. Um, and I think, too, with regard to just advice about different perspectives on parenting, I think it's important for it not to be a, you know, a, a, some type of you know vendetta against the other parent or your dad's just an athlete or your mom's a nerd it's important to highlight what's great about your kid like KJ is brilliant I've been telling him that since he was teeny tiny you're smart you're brilliant yeah. you're amazing you're gifted and so it wasn't your dad's not this or you're not an athlete it was no you're smart you're gifted you're brilliant um, and finding ways to get that other parent to celebrate those things with you um because if i was waiting on kj to get a football scholarship kj be at the house right now 
not in college. <laughs> like, that ain't shade, is it? That's, that's not, not shade. shade. I mean, you know your child. <laughs> you shade. know your child. Right. Um, and I, I would say another thing, too, though, is that one thing that I do have to look at in hindsight is that I gave a lot to KJ because that was my job and my responsibility as a mom. And I take that very seriously and I love it and I enjoy it. But at the same time, there was a lot of sacrifice I did and a lot of life that I may not have lived because honestly, as a young single black mom, I felt like I had something to prove and I wanted to go against, you will not label me as some baby mama that's this or this, that, or this, this. No, I'm together. My son is awesome. We're going to be awesome together. And in some of that, I feel like there was a level of pressure that I put on myself that I didn't have to. Um, so I would caution, you know, moms against that too, or, or dads. Like there's, there's single dads raising their little babies yeah. out here too. Mm -hmm. So I would just caution against that is just making sure that you're not putting too much pressure on yourself or your child to be excellent trying to disprove a stereotype or trying to disprove what your family or whoever's thinking about your situation. It's not about them. I mean, I, I, so I, my only two cents for this moment is that, you know, raising a, 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 get a good human being is not by accident mm -mm. and, and whatever energy you have to draw from to be intentional with raising someone that could be beyond functional, I mean, thrive in a setting where maybe they shouldn't be thriving, I think it's just a testament to it. I mean, passion is passion. Mm -hmm. And I think you, from what I've known about you and what I know about you, you take that passion and you've used it in a positive way. And I love that boy. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, even with me sitting here, you know, I, I want to be petty for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I like, get petty. I'm just, no, I'm just talking about just, just mm -hmm. even in this moment, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you, you how you conduct time. yourself. <laughs> I want you to, I, I, I have the petty inside that I would like to release for you. Release the However, petty. like, like Mikhail said, I think that the energy that you, that, that I've seen since we, we've been here, is the same energy that you put into your child. Then there's no way he wouldn't be what. He is. Yeah, he's not by accident. Yeah, oh, is, is. there's no way he wouldn't be that. Um, since this show is geared towards men, you know, and just making sure that men kind of can understand, you know, the aftermath of things that that happen, and and kind of get a better understanding. If there was one thing, mm -hmm. just just one thing that you feel like could have made your road mm -hmm. a, 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 a smoother road what would that one thing be? And I mean, what, what would that one thing you would ask from the man who, who, who helped you give birth to your, your son to make that road just smoother? Honestly, I, when I think on it now at this stage of my life, I honestly wish that he had gone to counseling to deal with some of his demons and to deal with some of his, his hurt and his pain around his own parents relationship because I realized how much that affected his relationship and his with, with me, with his son, his perspectives on parenting. Um, and there was a part of me that always just said, he's hurt and hurt people hurt people. Um, and so I wish that for me, I realized that I brought myself, all my baggage, all my issues with my parents' crazy relationship and everything to the relationship. And I bring it with me everywhere I go, but I've done the work to get better and to deal with some of those issues. I, I wish he had done that and not just for me, for my sake, but for, for his son's sake. And so, you know, seeing him mature now and, and be in a different place and have a, a, a mate who I feel really compliments him. I'm seeing a different part of him, but I feel like a lot of that could have been the case. 10, 15 years ago, had he gone to counseling. So, you know, you know, me back then, I didn't know that, but now I feel like that's one thing that I wish he had done. And even him and KJ go to counseling together to deal with things because there was, you know, points where he wasn't always 
as involved as he should be. And I think that was part of KJ acting out even in middle school. Cause I would call his dad and his dad would come over. Mm-hmm. And I think he just wanted to see his dad sometimes. You know, I think that that was a part of it. So wait, so. you were saying that he and KJ did go to counseling? No, I wish they, they, I, wish like, they had. Yeah, I wish they had. How, how much has counseling played a part in your role as a mother? Oh, and as like, like I started putting myself in counseling in my 20s. And and then definitely when KJ was in middle and high school, like See, this, I this, have my I'm, informal counselor Mikael, and I have my real counselor. Well, I mean, too. I'm getting at the point. The reason why she's so cool, like Omarion, right now, is that <laughs> she just seems to be unbothered yeah, right. by the fact she raised a whole man, a whole man by yeah. herself, and, man. and has zero petty effort. Yeah, I mean the, the energy is not there, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm 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 sitting right next to her, and there is zero. You know, you too can have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you too. Go, go get some help. You know, go get. Some. Yeah, I think counseling is key. I think, I think my takeaway from this conversation is that uh, there, there has to be a level of maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I heard through throughout this whole, this 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 whole podcast that you made it clear early on that you were not going to be a hurdle. Mm-mm. You, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be a hurdle. Even, you know, when he was building the hurdle, you were you you you, you knocked it down and said, hey, look, you can go around this or, you yep. know, go about it right. this way. Yep. And I think that, you know, I, I'm sure there are women that, are, that may be listening that are completely going to be like, oh, no, I'm on the other side of that. Like, fuck that. I'm going <laughs> to. No, I'm just being honest, because <laughs> yeah. like, you, you're going to have that. It's like, look, I'm not giving my my energy to help somebody I feel like who's not you know, mm-hmm. playing their, their respective role or respective part. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just seeing that eventually, you know, if you don't create any hurdles, eventually the person will walk through and do what they need to do or what yeah. they feel like they have to do. And keeping that communication open and mm-hmm. keeping the opportunity for communication open eventually can be a benefit right. and so you know even you know even when you're saying there were some some moments where you said you needed this and he was able to do that because y'all didn't have a contentious yeah contentious fractured ridiculous relationship i mean there's, so, there's, there's also a level of uh i hear selflessness yes just in, just like i'm intentionally selfless meaning you know yes i'm going to sacrifice going out with my people whatever night because my son has a science project and that's more important because and showing that child that they are that important Mm -hmm. I think is one of the things that I kind of picked up from that because you said early on you were giving him affirmations about how intelligent he was and Mm -hmm. how wonderful he was Um, I mean these are things that are themes that I think contribute to the success of a child as I'm speaking as a therapist now is that you know when when a parent deals in pettiness children see it yeah and ch- when children see it they believe they can be it and and the net result is that you will find that your children have contentious relationships growing up that's just observing outside looking in i don't know of any um quote-unquote bad elements that came into his circle mm-hmm. like they just kind of if they did they kind of cycled out because they didn't connect. It was, he was too much positive energy. And he learned that I, I believe from you because I see, well, I'm, I'm not saying like literally like for any parent that's listening, understand that that intentional selflessness is an energy that your child will pick up and take it as positive and meaning I am worthy because my mm-hmm. parents are willing to sacrifice for me. So I, there's something that builds an energy in them that they, if not, if not watched, it could be, it could turn negative because they'd be like they'll be obsessed with whether the parents think they're worth something or not. Mm-hmm. But True. but you you want to make sure that your child has a sense of pride of who they are and that they mm-hmm. belong to a family that's willing to to be there for them. So in turn, the child will altruistically be there for the family. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things the themes mm-hmm. that I saw in KJ because if you pursued his father in the manner that you know what society ex- expects between a parent, the co-parenting situation, mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of energy that could have been put in there that sent him the wrong way. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. He, he lived in Easy, the right neighborhood easily. to go wrong. Easily. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, that's what I take away from it. And I hope that, you know, other parents and parents to be 
you know, as they're planning families and stuff that they understand that they, you cannot let your ego get in the way Ooh, you better say that. of raising your children. One more time, one more time. You, you cannot let that. your ego be your amigo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is not. It is not. That's and don't let it get thing. in the way of raising your children. Yeah. Um, they feel it. I'm I'm I feel like I'm a product of it. You know, and I had to go way around many mountains mm. to get to the person that I am now because of my present but absent um father mm -hmm. and his substance abuse issues. So mm -hmm. all of that stuff plays a part in a child's development. It does. It so. does. And and you know, like I, you, as a single parent to, you don't always hear the validation that you're doing things the right way and right. somebody saying good mm -hmm. job. So a lot of it is just trial and error and, and it's scary because you don't know. <laughs> all of it. Like, it <laughs> is, it's trial it's and like error. It's but you don't even have that thought partner just like, okay, should we punish him this way? Should we do this? We do? You know, and so, so it's, it's scary, but to see it all come full circle, like, you know, I, I've talked a little bit about KJ, but I just have to rattle off some of who KJ is very quickly. Go, go ahead. Because I want people to understand Talk who this your kid is. Shit. Yeah. So <laughs> KJ was the president of his technology student association. He graduated as an honor graduate from his school, ended up in the top 7% of his graduating class that had over 500 kids in it. Yes, man. Um, hmm. He started a coding program, after school program for kids, Let's him and two go. of his friends teaching coding to kids at one of the title one elementary schools nearby gang, gang. raised all the money to make the program free for the kids to buy all the coding kits and do a, a end of year school uh, party for all the kids My God. Um, monitor behavior through the program because mm. they, they intentionally picked the kids that were not doing well in school and that didn't want to come to school all boys for the program um, so it, and they called it it's cool to code he's an Oprah Winfrey scholar he actually sat down and spent four hours with Oprah in, in October, and he was one of the only people that fully got it. The Oprah. The okay. Oprah hey, oh, the Oprah. Yes, the Oprah. Oh, yes. I know her as O. Yeah, Lady O. <laughs> Lady O. Yes, he, um, he is a Morehouse academic scholar. He's an AT&T scholar. He got the United Negro College Fund STEM scholarship, but that was just too much money, and Morehouse was like, we can't accept any more money on your behalf. Um, and he finished the semester, his first semester, he's a, he changed to a business major, but he's finished the semester with, um, four A's and a B. And he actually taught, um, some sessions of his business calculus class, which is an upper level class because the professor wasn't teaching in a way that kids were connecting with the, with the lesson. So he actually taught his business calculus class, which mm. is an upper level class, um, as a freshman, um, several sessions because kids just weren't getting it and they were failing. So, so when I, when I talk, I know people might be thinking she a punk and she, she sat up here. She, she oh, need to be doing this oh, and do no. that. Black excellence but, will ring yeah. loud and so, clear. Yeah. I just want to let people podcast. know like what, what, you know, the sacrifice, um, looks like at the end you may, it, it, it's painful when you're making it at times. And I've literally bit my tongue until I've almost bitten my tongue in half sometimes with dealing with co-parenting. But when I look at the product and I look back at the journey, even when I wasn't sure, even when I was like, is this the right thing to do? The proof is in the pudding. And, and I'm so incredibly grateful and humbled to look at the young man that my son is. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do with his life. So for parents out there struggling and not knowing how they're going to make it and not knowing if they're making the right decisions and not knowing if trying to keep the peace is a thing to do or if they should keep the child. Just, you know, be prayerful about it, be diligent about it and be very intentional about what you're the kind of young person you're trying to put out into this world. Um, and you'll see it pay off. Amen. <laughs> what else is there to say? There's <laughs> nothing know, else to say. There's nothing else to say. Amisha, we appreciate you yes. appreciate so you. much for coming on the show and telling your story because it's not easy. I say this every time. Telling your story is not an easy thing to do. And we really do appreciate you bringing that perspective to you, good bruh. And uh, I mean, I, I'm just floored. Just, I, I mean, oh, I thought I was a good student. <laughs> no, I, I, ain't, I ain't shit. I thought I was smart. I thought I was smart. I'm just playing. But no, seriously, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm floored. And I just think that I just want you to know we appreciate you. Thank we you. appreciate right. the work that you've done to put that man you know, w where he is today. And um, 
I mean, I, with, with that, I, I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> so, do you have anything you want to yeah, say? Yeah, have, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. You, what you got going on? Yo, tell who, who tell are the you? people. If, if you want to reach them, tell them how they can reach you, you know, for your for the I services do, you provide. I do still have my nonprofit consulting that I do. So, I do grant writing. I do board development, strategic planning, fundraising planning for nonprofit organizations. Um, you know, I'm West Indian, so I got 85 million jobs. I also okay, am a realtor. A, can you can you mention some of the previous clients, or is that yeah? Secret? No, I've yeah. um I've worked with an organization called Better Outcomes for Our Kids, doing their board development plan. I've done fundraising and grant writing for Friends of Refugees, Life Cycle Building Center, um, Center for Black Women's Wellness, the West Atlanta Watershed Alliance. Those are some of my clients. Um, I've been an affiliate consultant for Georgia Center for Nonprofits. Um, I teach Zumba on Saturday mornings every Saturday Ow. because wellness is very important. And, um, you know, fitness and wellness are passions of mine. So I teach Zumba on Saturdays at Atlanta Fusion Belly Dance. And what else do I do? I'm a realtor. realtor. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. People have asked me to write a book on on parenting, KJ, and raising a, a kid and, and raising a scholar and like people really love do KJ, it. so you I've been asked do to do it. that. Yeah, so man. that's some of the things I'm charged with in 2020 is just starting to do more writing and sharing. Um, I think that the tests that I've had are part of my testimony, and my testimony is supposed to bless somebody. So I need to do more sharing. So right, look out for that. You got some stories, and we didn't man. really go into them today. You just kind of wanted to. I'll come back for part two. Okay, okay. all right. Wait, wait, there, we'll, we'll and we can you. be petty. We'll, then. we'll, we'll hold you. To- <laughs> The, the petty version <laughs> right right all right you get grass <laughs> well look i'm sam dupe and i'm good hey i'm mikhail roger i'm good and i'm amisha and i'm good all right until next time y'all check us out on apple podcast give us five stars you good bruh podcast at gmail.com if you have questions comments concerns thank you so much y'all have a good one god bless <laughs>